Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'm going to be talking about resilience. Now, I have to confess, uh, the word resilience is one that grates a little bit when I hear it, and um, I don't like using it. And it's probably because it's been overused in recent years, and I work in a sector where people are absolutely punch drunk from workload. And so anytime there's any mention of resilience training or going on a resilience course, it seems like empty words and it, it it triggers me a little bit I have to say but recently I was asked to go and speak to um, a group of police forces and um, they, they had a well-being day and one of my briefs was can you talk us uh, through and can you tell us a little bit about resilience in the modern world um, so I'd done two sessions for them one of them was really on general health and well-being and the demands of the kind of jobs that people have in the police force and how you can stay as well as possible given those constraints. And the second part was about resilience. So I thought I would share with you what that word means to me and also where it comes from. Where does that word resilience come from? It certainly wasn't something that I was hearing a lot about until recent years, certainly wasn't around when I was growing up, um, to, uh, to my knowledge. So I thought that might be a good place to start. Where does the term resilience come from in the modern world? It's a fascinating story. It actually comes from the work of a researcher, a psychologist uh, called Emmy Werner. And you'll see how her work links to what we call resilience in the modern world and and by the end um, hopefully I'll be able to share some tips with you which will just give you a bit of insight into yourself and what you can do to improve your resilience. Um, again even saying those words grates with me because it's one of those things I think that is poorly explained and so I wanted to get under the belly of it. So let's talk about Emmy Werner. So she was a developmental psychologist uh, from the University of California, and was really famous for what's known as a longitudinal study, which lasted 40 years. So a longitudinal study is where you follow a group for many years, and it involved 698 children on a particular island in Hawaii called Kaui. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I think it's called Kaui. And the whole point of her study was to really prove that the kind of received wisdom that children who have a difficult life when they are 
in in their early lives um, or have lots of adverse childhood experiences or ACEs as they're called, you know, things such as being premature or having a very unstable home environment or a parent with, particularly a mother with mental illness, go on to experience more problems in their life even as an adult and struggle to maintain their mental and physical health and that that was really the point of a study but one of the things that she found was that in this group of children that had you know less than an ideal start to life there was a particular group that stood out so around about one third of this group of children displayed what she termed resiliency and you can even see this in the title of the actual original paper which is called the children of cowie uh, resiliency and recovery in adolescence and adulthood um, and there'll be a link to this in the show notes and although a lot of the children in the study developed quite serious problems even by the age of 10 what emmy werner and her team including ruth smith another psychologist found was that the group that went on to do well seemed to be what they coined vulnerable but invincible. I absolutely love that phrase, vulnerable but invincible. And the wonderful part is that this group of children went on to become successful adults, successful in inverted commas, but essentially they had happy, healthy lives, which is what we want. And that was by the time they'd reached their 30s and their 40s. So what does this all mean and where did that lead? Well, of course, what they were interested in is were there any common factors about these children that made them more resilient? So although all of the children they were looking at potentially had quite debilitating risk factors, the group of resilient children appeared to have certain protective factors. So what are those protective factors and what can we learn from them and can we use them ourselves? And what's brilliant about this is that not only do these factors improve your resilience as a child, they can also be nurtured in adulthood. We're all learning, um, as I always say, we're all learning. So I'm just going to run through the key areas that Emmy Werner and her team found that made this group resilient. So the first one was to do with problem solving or reasoning ability. Now, what does that mean in practical terms? Well, I think it means if you're thinking about your own child, then not doing everything for them helps because that enables them to actually try try to solve problems themselves. I, I'm I know a lot about this because I, I although my parents were amazing, my my um I certainly when I was young um had a lot of stuff done for me just because my my mother was super efficient. Um, and actually nowadays because of the nature of my job I'm constantly problem solving but it's something I realize I've got much better at as I've grown older so reasoning ability and problem solving ability is one feature that improves resilience the second one is to do with emotional support and that means emotional support outside of the immediate family. Now this is a, a, can be a difficult one in the modern day because we don't live parochially anymore. We don't sort of live in traditional communities and that kind of peer support or support from 
um, supporting adults, you know, that sort of, you know, the uncle, the aunt, but beyond that, we're talking about outside the family, um, can be quite difficult. But a committed adult who supports a child, it can be it can be a teacher, it can be a mentor, it can be a godparent, that makes a difference. And it's something I've used previously with, with my own children where um, I will often ask one of my friends or a best friend to send them a message or a video message just to pep them up or give them a bit of encouragement. I think that's really important. Okay, so so far we've got problem-solving ability, emotional support from outside of the family. The third one is something called an internal locus of control or your inner direction, if you like. And this is something that actually as GPs we take a lot of stock of. Um, what it means essentially is that you own your own stuff um, okay, that's really inarticulate. But what I mean is you take responsibility for your actions and that you don't blame everything on the rest of the world, that you have responsibility and that you understand that your destiny is partly a result of your own behaviour and actions. And children that already have that internal locus of control um, tended again to do better in terms of their resilience so the opposite where you have an external locus of control is very much where everything is everyone else's fault and and it's you know the world is 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 wrong and that's why everything that happens to you is 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 happening it's a really interesting one um and you know i see a lot of stuff on social media about you know, drains and radiators, in inverted commas, in terms of behaviours. And, and actually, essentially, internal locus of control is, you know, someone who who constantly blames others is, has probably got an external locus of control. And that kind of behaviour is, is, is doesn't lend itself well to being resilient. Um, so, again, this is a really important one I think in childhood to try and foster and encourage a good way I found of doing that is is rather than being catastrophic or um, you know constantly asking why when it comes to your children particularly it's always good to ask what or how um, so for example why did you forget to take your PE kit to school um, isn't particularly helpful for a young child because they'll say, well, I don't know, I just forgot. Whereas if you say, well, how can we fix that? How do you think you can fix the fact that you forgot your PE kit? What's going to be different next week? And that gets them thinking and, you know, it partly encourages them to problem solve, but also gets them to take responsibility, um, fostering that locus of control. Okay, so the next one was something that Werner and Smith called autonomy and that just means being able to do things alone and again those of you that do have children or when you think about yourself or your friends or your relatives you'll notice that some people are really quite self-directed and quite confident in a way of, of you know 
as long as you're not overconfident, obviously, but quite confident in approaching challenging tasks and not afraid of them and being able to just carry on with things on their own without the need for hesitancy or giving up. Um, so it's okay to ask for help, obviously, but um, certainly that ability to do things on your own is a feature of resilience. So the next one is probably not surprising. It's about being social, sociability, being able to respond to others in social settings, smiling, being empathetic, helping others. Those sorts of qualities um, are all important for resilience. And, and learning to be a good team member and also being open to learning new things. And th there's quite a few elements to that, but it gets lumped into this area of sociability. To me, that makes sense and stands to reason. And I think a lot of my friends, my colleagues and people that I know have actually done really well in, in terms of their own happiness and where they are in their lives because of that one feature. They are able to communicate effectively their voices of reason and they have all of those in abundance. It, it can be quite difficult in that some people are naturally not that sociable and actually actually I really wasn't when I was young. I was an incredibly shy child um, who, who wouldn't say boo to a goose and, and wouldn't really make an effort to socialise. I suspect that's because I, I moved school so much but that's for another episode. Anyway, we digress. So the the last attribute that this group of resilient children had was about seizing opportunities. So when you are sort of in your teenage years and coming out of them, if you are able to take advantage of opportunities that are offered to you, such as higher education or good jobs or stable relationships, those things made a big difference. And just just thinking about what we've covered there, I mean, that, that obviously makes sense. You know, the person who takes an opportunity over someone that doesn't, you know, their lives are going to go in slightly different directions. But I, I don't know how you feel about those particular elements there. So seizing opportunities, sociability autonomy, internal locus of control, emotional support and problem-solving ability seem to be the foundation blocks for resilience. Now it's quite interesting because I, I, I don't know whether you are, but in my head I'm scanning through people I know, thinking about my kids and, and you know, and people that have and don't have some of those attributes. And for the ones that don't, how can they be improved well there are always ways i think in in the workplace it's very dependent on your employer and your employer's values and the culture of the organization that you work in um and again although i digress one of my mantras is that if you get the organizational values right then things like well-being and resilience totally fall out of that so where i work our values are community respect quality and teamwork 
and and they really are the foundations of how we want to work and it's pretty obvious when you when you come into the building that that people who work there believe in those four values on an individual level i think it's important to try and identify which resilience attributes you may have issues with so so one of the things i wasn't very good at i have to admit was when i was doing hospital medicine i i didn't really realize that problem solving was a massive part of what you do in medicine because actually in hospital medicine there's slightly less of that um, because of the nature of how medicine's moved on but in general practice if you can't problem solve you're you're in trouble because the job is all about problem solving and we did a lot of problem-based learning so and I can see how I've improved you know my skills uh, in in problem solving which I guess has made me more resilient even though I can't spot that and I'm not aware of it myself there are of course other things managing your emotions is important and all of the other things that create good well-being also make you resilient and that includes all of the stuff that we know prioritizing sleep eating more healthily moving to make sure that you're not sedentary all the time you know stopping bad habits and having a good social network you know all of those things which are easy to take for granted to be honest anyway i'm going to stop wibbling now because i want these pods to be short and useful i hope that was for you um do leave me some feedback please give me a rating I really hope to connect with you again soon. Meanwhile, do stay well and take care and I will be with you again in another couple of weeks. And just remember, vulnerable but invincible. Take care.